Welcome to From the Field, a podcast series from Change Management Review. I'm Brian Gorman, Managing Editor, and my guest today is Michelle Yanahan. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Brian. Very excited to be here with you and Change Management Review. Let me give you a, a brief introduction to Michelle. She is principal and owner of ChangeFit360 and is a passionate organizational change management strategist and thought leader. Michelle has proven expertise in executing programs to enhance and grow organizational change management as a strategic business competency. She has 16 years of progressive business experience in leadership roles and operations, change capability and competency development, change execution, IT execution, and project management office development. Michelle's professional expertise includes the following, corporate office operational transformation for insurance and financial services in national and global operations. She successfully grew the discipline of organizational change capability for a recognized market leader in financial services, represented North America as the face of change partnering with colleagues across the globe, to help them establish regional, regional change capabilities and competencies to help transform their businesses, coached business and project execution leaders on transformational change, conceptualized, built, and delivered behavior-focused leader and employee learning solutions for more than 400, resulting in an average 25% project execution lift, and created and actively engaged a change special interest group with over 300 members to drive organizational change. Michelle also founded ChangeFit360 to drive a behavioral-based approach to organizational change that drives results. And it's that organizational-based approach that I'm really interested in discussing with you today, Michelle. Before we get there, Michelle holds a master's in organizational behavior from Benedictine University, as well as CCMP and ProSci ADCAR change management certifications. She is a member of industry associations such as ACMP, Kodak, and ATD Chicago, and has been a featured presenter at the ACMP Midwest Conference for both 2015 and 2016 an ACMP webinar series presenter in 2017, and holds a board position with ACMP Midwest Chapter. Michelle, you are one busy change practitioner. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, I, I've, I'm really passionate about change and uh, really excited to, to talk with you today and share what I'm seeing in the industry, uh, where we're going, um, some opportunities, and really focus on what you said, and that's this behavioral-based approach to change, um, which I'm really excited about talking about today. So let's start with the opportunities that you're seeing in the, in the industry, Michelle. What, what is changing that is creating those opportunities, and what are those opportunities themselves? Yeah, thanks, Brian. So I think we've come a long way in the organizational change management space from the 90s. You know, we've got um, our gurus and our associations, our methodologies and our frameworks, and we've, we've come a long way. That being said, I think we're kind of at an exciting pivot point. Um, foundationally, those things help us, um, but really, we've got a seat at the table now, and so it's all about how do we showcase organizational change as a strategic business competency? 
how do we really show our outcomes and metrics and measures showing that we are driving that business ROI? And I think as an industry as a whole, we haven't done a great job or had a lot of focus on the metrics and measures and really identifying uh, behaviors that drive change, as well as working with leaders and managers and really coaching and training them on their very important role in change. So I think, again, we're in a very exciting time. We've done a lot of work, um, but there's certainly more to do. And we see that by um, those disappointing statistics uh, that we continually see that transformative change in terms of stickiness, we still have some work to do. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, Michelle, can you talk a little bit more about the behavior-based approach and explain how that differs from traditional change management? Absolutely, Brian. Happy to. So I think, again, if we go back to where the industry is at, um, we've got a lot of change being done uh, by kind of tools and templates, I'll say. And again, while that's not bad, we need that, and it's good as a foundation, um, you know, changing people's behavior is complex. And we certainly can't do that by tools and templates alone. So a behavior-based approach to change is really based on understanding behavior and kind of the psychology behind it. And this will be very simple. All behavior that we do is triggered and reinforced by something. If we think about Pavlov's dog, uh, that's a great example of behavior. Ringing the bell, the dog salivates, gets rewarded with the treat, and as that pattern continues, the dog simply salivates um, when the bell is rung. So classical conditioning. So behavior-based approach um, is really an accelerator to traditional change management where we're focusing on the critical behavior behaviors that we need to change in order to get those business benefits or ROI. So that's the start of it. And we build our change strategy and plan all around driving those behaviors. Metrics and measures, communications, everything is around driving those behaviors. And I will tell you, Brian, that um, all behaviors are not created equal. When we think about a change project and really we align it to the ROI or the outcomes we're looking to get, we will see that not all behaviors, you know, logging into a system as an example, drive the same outcomes as what the business benefits and ROI are. So it's really aligning from the get-go when we're thinking about our change strategy. You know, really what are we trying to do and having a very clear, transparent alignment within our change plan, our metrics and measures, communications, readiness to those behaviors. Another really important piece of that is working with frontline managers and leaders to teach and coach them on behavior so that they can use uh, reinforcement and consequences appropriately to activate, trigger, and continue to sustain those behaviors. One thing we know about behavior is that only 20% of what matters in terms of the stickiness of change is done from activities or actions that are pre-launch. 80% of what matters in terms of a change sticking happens after we implement or launch that change. And really that frontline manager is the key to that success or failure. And as an industry, kind of getting back to the opportunities, we haven't traditionally focused on managers and leaders' role in change. We've looked at managers and leaders and, and given them traditional leadership training or possibly change management training, looking at tools and templates. 
but we haven't coached and reinforced with managers and leaders how they activate the behavior, again, the critical behaviors that are needed to sustain change. We haven't also given those managers and leaders the metrics that support those behaviors. So we as change practitioners have some work to do, teaching and coaching managers and leaders and providing them with the right tools in order to help continue to activate and sustain that change. And when we think about that, Brian, back to your other question, how does that differ from traditional change management? I would say this differs from traditional change management and it's very much uh, behavior focused. Um, and it really provides, again, that clear line of sight between everything we're doing in change management to the behaviors, to the ROI, the outcomes that we're looking to get. And that's unique uh, because I don't know about you, but in my practice, uh, prior uh, projects I worked on, there wasn't always a clear and visible alignment between maybe what we were measuring or activities we were doing in our change management plan to that ROI or business outcomes that we were looking to get. And so this takes away the fuzziness of change management. Sometimes, you know, our project peers or our senior leaders know they need change management, but they don't know why. And that's because we haven't, again, kind of done a, a good job as an industry of saying, this is really what I'm doing and here's how it aligns and really drives those business benefits and outcomes that we're looking to receive. So this provides that clear visibility and takes away that perceived fuzziness of what change is delivering. The other thing that's really unique about this behavior-based approach is we are, we are providing leaders with skills that they can use long after leaders and managers, long after the change practitioner has left the project. Okay, how often do we roll out a project Project seems to be moving on track. People are adopting, becoming proficient in sustaining the change. And then change management closes. And what happens? You know, we go back to steady state, right? We lose all those, you know, all the adoption, proficiency, and sustainment that we gain throughout the change because we no longer have a focus on that. So we're, we're providing leaders and managers with, school, with, with skills and tips that they can use long after the change practitioner has exited the project. And so really, um, behavior-based approach is really around change leadership, so really driving leadership behaviors. Um, and in 2014, IBM did a study of 1,500 global companies. And the, the study was entitled, uh, Making Change Work when, when Change Doesn't Stop, or something to that nature. And they looked at companies and they said, you know, there's a certain segment of these companies that are able to stick change and other companies are not. And really, what is the differentiator? And the differentiator was lots of different things. But one of the big points of that article or that study was that change leadership, which is all around leadership behaviors, was a critical element in sustaining change. So again, I would go back to this approach differs in the visibility to ROI and benefits, all activities and actions geared towards that, taking away the fuzziness, and also providing frontline managers and leaders with skills and tips that they can use long after the change practitioner has exited the project. Wow. It, it, it all makes a lot of sense, Michelle. Um, and it sounds like a major shift for most practitioners um, 
in the field. It, it sounds like a big change for the practice of change. What are some practical things that, that a practitioner listening to this podcast might do to bring, at, at least introduce a behavior-based uh, approach as part of their toolkit? Absolutely. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big shift. So I would say start small. Um, first and foremost, some change practitioners that I've spoken with um, in my network you know, are not even aware of really what the business benefits or goals of the projects they're working on are driving towards. So start small, right? Um, start with getting visibility into really what are we trying to do with this project um, very concretely in terms of metrics and measures. From there, you know, just think about your change plan and strategy and how can I adapt that? Again, this is not a 100% overhaul. This is how do I adapt that to really drive those behaviors? So critically looking at all my actions and activities in my strategy and plan and saying, you know what, is that really driving against the behaviors I'm looking to get that will drive those ROI outcomes? If not, maybe I need to rethink that or change that a bit. And when we think about metrics and measures for change, being able to show some clear alignment or that those metrics and measures that you are taking to show adoption, proficiency, and sustainment are in support of those, the ROI or the business benefits we're looking to do. And finally, some coaching with managers and leaders. And, and starting small, just talking about um, you know, how behavior works and how really it's up to the manager or leader for 80% of the stickiness of that change. So manager and leader, how can I help you? How can I help you work with your team? What do you need from me? Um, how can we best look to reinforce and consequence? And really the manager and leader owns that responsibility in order to drive out the reinforcement and sustainment that we need. So it sounds like a lot, but I think by simply looking at what we're doing, and saying, where can we embed clear alignment into the behaviors that drive ROI and business benefits? We have a light touch into the behavior approach. So, Michelle, clearly, you are not only intellectually dipped, if you will, into this behavior-based approach, but you're, you're passionate about it um, as well. How do you bring this all together at Change Fit 360? Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thank you for asking. So when I started Change Fit 360, it really came out of a need that I saw in the marketplace or a gap. And it was just some of the things we've talked about. Um, in terms of learning solutions, I was seeing a lot of things uh, delivered in change around tools and templates and frameworks and methodologies. And again, while I find that very helpful as a foundation, as a more mature change practitioner, I was really looking to see, you know, how do I advance my skill sets and how do I advance others and really make that connection between change as a strategic business competency that accelerates that ROI or business benefits. So I, I came up with Change Fit 360 with four principles. One was in everything I do, I want to bring out the behavior-based approach. So all the learning solutions that I provide and my consulting is around this behavior-based approach. I'm going to bring that to the table in everything I do. 
Secondly, I wanted ChangeFit 360 to be a practice that would provide value to practitioners using any methodology, framework, tool set, or any seniority level. So a behavior-based approach, again, is methodology agnostic and really can be used by anybody. It's just a matter of kind of understanding how behavior works and then where we can implement it, it lightly and then as we mature, bringing it through the cycle. The third thing that I wanted to bring into my business was bringing data. I think change, again, I, I go back to some of the earlier questions. We haven't done a great job as an industry showing our metrics and measures and really how those support business benefits and ROI. So one of the principles of my practice was I'm going to bring data wherever I can. And what that means is in my learning, in my training classes, I provide assessments and other things that provide some quantitative analysis as well as the idea of bringing a portfolio view of change so you can really manage change holistically instead of project by project. And the fourth component of my business, ChangeFit 360, that was important to me is I wanted to, you know, um, walk the talk essentially. So all the solutions, learning and consulting are delivered by me personally. Um, I thought it was important that the practice be delivered by a solid change practitioner for practitioners. That, you know, I'm not bringing in a trainer who hasn't been in the trenches. Um, you know, it, it's I'm delivering. And why that's important to me is I come with practical experience as well as the industry credentials. So I've got a combination of all of it to bring to the table. And I bring that into all my learning and training solutions and consulting. Thank you so much. This is Brian Gorman with Change Management Review, our From the Field podcast series. And again, you've been listening to Michelle Yanahan of ChangeFit360. Thank you, Brian.